The Old Testament reading for this, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, the first and second chapters. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow. And his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. This is the word of the Lord. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Their voice has gone out to all the earth. The epistle reading, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes from Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, the third chapter. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, Then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel comes to us according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, 
Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So how are you doing this week? What's on your mind? Is it safe for me to assume that, like everyone, something didn't go quite according to plan this week? Something is bothering you, even if it's just a little bit. Even if you had a great week, a quiet week, a week of relaxation or booming productivity, there's still something, isn't there? Well, of course there is. There always is. Maybe it's an ongoing health concern for a friend or a family member or even yourself. Maybe there's something that, even if it isn't in crisis mode this week, it's still there because it's always there. Or maybe it's just those vague worries about the future, the what-ifs. What if my retirement plan isn't enough? What if the government collapses or gets bigger? What if the meatloaf is undercooked and we all get sick this afternoon? I mean, these And so many other worries and concerns, they're just part of our daily life, aren't they? The troubles, the worries, they're always there. Sometimes looming larger than others, but always there. And while the world might question why that is, we know why. We know because God has told us in his holy word. All these troubles are because of sin. We're sinners. We live in a sinful world. And so there are going to be problems and trials and worries and uncertainty in all of our earthly dealings. They're going to cause us constant disruption and unrest because they are things that break our earthly peace. Let me ask you something else, though. How are you doing this week spiritually? Is that a question we ever ask ourselves? Amid all the concerns and the worries of this world, are your spiritual problems ever at the forefront of your mind? Are you remaining in the Word? Are you living out your faith? Is Jesus important to you always or just Sunday morning if there's nothing else going on? You see, it's so easy to get distracted by all the things going on around us in the world that we forget to look up. We forget to look to heaven. We all need that reminder that Paul gives us in our reading today. 
Set your minds on things that are above. You know, what are your main concerns in life? Typically, when we pray, we pray for earthly things. We pray for healing for sick friends. We pray for material comfort and health. We pray for rain for the crops. We pray for prosperity in our vocation. We pray for peace in our family. Now, these are good things to pray for. Don't get me wrong. But the fact is, they shouldn't be the very focus of our life. They are good gifts from God, but they can very quickly become a tool of the devil to distract us from the giver of those gifts. These things that God gives to us, they are very good, but they're temporary at best. Each of our readings today shows the danger that's involved with focusing on the earthly things. Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, says that once he dies, all the work that he put into it, all the riches that he had, it's going to go to someone else. And so he calls it a vanity, a chasing after the wind to set your life standard by your work and your possessions. Paul tells us that the earthly things, when we focus on them, they lead to a whole laundry list of evil temptations and acts, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. That's what the worldly gifts lead us to because we always want more and more and more if that's our only focus, and we will do whatever it takes to get them. And then in our Gospel reading, Jesus himself tells the story that makes such a clear point. You might have all the riches in the world. You may say to yourself, eat, drink, and be merry. But you never know when those riches will leave you, or you will leave those riches. Earthly gifts, used according to God's will, they are wonderful blessings. But the things above, those are even greater blessings. And those, too, are gifts from God. Now, we often think of those things as future benefits. Our spiritual life is going to pay off someday. Our things that we get from God and his word here at church, someday they're going to be of benefit to me. You know, we say to ourselves, well, I'm really going to enjoy heaven once I get there. Why not start enjoying it now? I mean, God gives us his word to guide us to heavenly living already. Casting out the sinful things that weigh us down so that we can have life to the fullest. His word is with us here. We don't need to wait to get to heaven in order to live according to God's word. We say things like, well, I can't wait to talk to God when I get to heaven. Well, start talking to him right now in prayer. He calls us to do so. And more importantly, start listening to God as he has given you his word through which he speaks to you directly. Not in a, Lord, should I go to work today or not, open to a random page and point to a word and see if that's the answer. God's not a Ouija board. But God speaks to us the higher truths that this world cannot give. And his word is there for us right now. In whatever situation we might be in, whether it be joy or sorrow, tears or rejoicing, God is with us. And as a pastor, I hear this one fairly often. 
I'm so thankful that when I die, Jesus will forgive all my sins. You are forgiven right now. You are set free from sin and slavery right now. By baptism, by God's words and sacraments, you are cleansed of your sin now. The cross of Jesus Christ, his empty tomb, they are present and active in your life right now. His sacrifice and resurrection, they have forgiven you. They will forgive you and they are forgiving you right now. So live like it. Not reveling in sin and saying, Jesus forgave me, I'm going to do it again. But rejoicing in the fact that you are set free now from the terror that Satan wants to bring into your life. You are able to free yourself. You have been set free. You are able to share that good news with everyone. Set your mind on the things above and live like it. Live like Christians. Proclaim your faith in what you do so that others too can say, how can you be so calm and confident and even happy in times of terror and uncertainty? And you can say, I know Jesus Christ and he has forgiven me. We live in confidence and certainty, not based on how many things God has given to us, not because we're positive since we're Christians that our pension will never run out, but we know the eternal gifts that God has given to us. We set our minds on the things above, and we live in that confidence, knowing that those things will never disappoint us. When we start focusing on things above, our lives will change. Not necessarily through earthly blessings. This isn't the prosperity gospel garbage that says if your faith is strong enough, you'll get every earthly blessing you want. Name it and claim it and God's got to give it to you. It doesn't work that way and God never promised. In fact, he says if you live that way, your focus is on the earthly goods and you are despising his word and living exactly the way he says don't live. It's not about the earthly stuff. But when we focus on our eternal treasures, the earthly treasures, they don't consume us. They don't rule our lives. We are set free from slavery to our covetous thoughts and desires. We rejoice in all the gifts that God gives us, but we don't set our mind on them and say, I need more and more and more to the point where we will do anything to get them, even abandoning God's word. And while our earthly blessings are temporary and tainted by sin, the things above, the heavenly treasures given by God, those are eternal and they are perfect. Your forgiveness is complete and forever. You, a sinner who deserved only wrath and condemnation, you are given complete and utter holiness as you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the eyes of God, you are his holy and perfect sinless child by grace through faith. Your eternal life, it is unending and it is perfect. And your eternal life as a Christian, it doesn't start when you die. It's eternal. It's happening right now. God is with you and you are with God even here on earth. In church, 
you get a foretaste of the feast to come as you're able to come before God, hear his word, receive his gracious gifts, feast at his table. And while we enjoy these gifts in part right now, even as we're still tainted and twisted by our sin, we know that we will receive those gifts in full and in heaven for all eternity. It only gets better, and it's already really good. Your heavenly home, it is an absolute paradise. In heaven there will be no more frustrations, no more sorrows, no more nagging problems to distract us. Our work and our toil, it will be for the glory of God, and we will not be frustrated and vexed by sin that causes us problems. Every tear will be wiped away, and we will be made holy, just as our Heavenly Father is holy. We will be reunited with all of our loved ones who have died in the Christian faith. We will stand before God's throne, singing out His praises with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven for all eternity. And while this sinful world is never going to be even close to that perfect paradise, we Christians can live out our eternal faith right now sharing the good news of Jesus with all, so that they too can rejoice with us as we set our minds on the things that are above. Set your minds on things that are above, says God. Yes, give thanks for your many earthly blessings. Keep your earthly life and family in your prayers. But let your focus be not on the temporary, but on the eternal. Pray for your soul and the souls of others around you. Pray that the Holy Spirit would be active and alive in your heart and in the hearts of those around you. Cling to the cross of Jesus Christ and live out that precious gift of faith that God has given to you. More importantly, remember the eternal blessings of forgiveness, of redemption, of salvation that have been won for you through the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ and live in that glorious treasure now. As great as all God's earthly blessings are, they are but temporary. They won't last forever. But the love of God, His mercy, His grace, those do. His love and His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, they are eternal gifts that will never fail us, that will never leave us. And they are with us even now. He has given you everything by giving up his very life in your place. He suffered and died so that you could have the eternal gift of life in paradise with him. Not just someday, but right now and always. God is with you through his word, through his holy presence in your life, through his blessed body and blood at this altar, through the waters of baptism that cover your life. The things that are above, they are right here with you, now and always. So set your mind on them and rejoice. Rejoice that you are God's beloved child. Rejoice that you can live your life to his glory, sharing the good news of salvation with others. Rejoice that through his atoning sacrifice and resurrection, by the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours, both now and forever. 
Thanks be to God. Amen.